your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to not the Locked On NHL podcast, a crossover event of the Locked Over Avalanche and Locked On Wild. I am Chris Maselli, and he is Kyle Sullivan. We are with Locked On Avalanche, Mr. Seth Topol from Locked On Wild in the house. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Figured, why not do a crossover with our favorite rivals? Uh, And we did one. Before the season started, Seth, and I kind of wanted to start there with you because I I remember the conversation that we had was you're really interested to see, and I was too, how the Wild would adapt to a a normal regular season because the sticking point for them was with the shortened season, division-only games, kind of benefited them last year. Could they handle everybody else in the league? (laughs) I think they're doing okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think they have done uh, just fine in that regard. And thank you uh, both for having me on. I'll love to cross over whenever we get an opportunity to do so. Um, I think my single favorite moment from the season so far, because I'm still trying to find it, is <laughs> when was the last time the Minnesota Wild waltzed into New York and beat the New York Rangers – and the New York Islanders back-to-back on the road. And so if you want a great example as to how the Wild are handling the schedule this year against everybody, I think Mm. they're doing just fine with it. Now, obviously the Islanders not having the greatest of seasons. Yeah, but when did they play them? Was it early in the season when they were not as awful as people were expecting them to be? Well, it was within the last um, within the last couple of weeks when they were playing better. So they okay. had they started good, then bad, back good. So right, right. I think I think it just shows you know that this wild team has done a lot of things that people didn't necessarily expect them to be able to do this year. Um, no idea what to expect from this team because we knew that Jewel Eriksson Ek was going to be arguably the top center on this team. And where we're at right now, he's the third line center mm. on this team because wow. Ryan Hartman exploded. Yeah. And Freddie Goudreau is, as of now, centering what has become the second line for this team with Kevin Fiala and Matt Boldy. Like this team has just undergone this transformation to where they are playing arguably the best hockey that they've played in franchise history. At this point, this offense is arguably the best that it has ever been. Hmm. And this team just has had the buyout cloud hanging over its head since the season started. That was the, yeah, those were some of the biggest questions coming into the year. How is this team going to handle the lack of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter? How are they going to handle with the buyouts looming? How is the roster going to look? What are they going to be able to do? Hmm. All they've done is win. I mean, 28, 11, and 3 now on the season. And yes, there were some people that were a little concerned as to the lackluster loss to uh, Winnipeg to start off the second half of the season. The only thing outside of the Colorado Avalanche that has been able to slow this team down has been long layoffs. And the All-Star break did it again, took them out of rhythm. 
Yeah. I have no doubts that they'll get back on track, but I just I have to say it has been just so much fun to see this team unfold and to come together and to become just this this crazy juggernaut that uh, that they currently are. Well, I I noticed you were talking like not knowing what this team would look like going into the season and it being kind of a surprise on where they are now um, at the midway point. Do you see the the Wild starting to believe in themselves now? Or like you mentioned, like the lines have been shifted up. Who you thought was going to be at the top line center is kind of shifted to the third. Do you see them all relying on their instincts at this point? Or is it just kind of like they start to believe on what they can do and they're, you know, they got a little bit of swagger to them? Well, as, as weird as it sounds, I think the fact early on in the season that they had so many come from behind wins and they're, you know, they're within their first seven or eight games. I think six of them were come from behind wins. And you look at that point in the year and you're like, is this really sustainable? Like, is this Hmm. something that this team's going to be able to do the whole year? I think what it did was it gave that confidence a jolt early on that, Hey, we're never going to be out of a game. We could be down, six to one like they were in the winter classic to the St. Louis Blues. And yeah, they still lost, but they made it six to four. Um they have had multiple two goal deficits with two minutes or less in the third period and have won a handful of those games. Like it's just a team that believes so much that they're never out of a game. And I actually just talked about this in a recent episode in some of the reasons that this team is having as much success as it is. And yes, it's great to have a Kirill Kaprizov at the top, who's going to grab all the headlines because he's pretty good. Um, You've got three of your most important players who bring a lot of value defensively and as veterans who are having career years offensively. Ryan Hartman, one off of his career high for goals that he set back in his Chicago days. Marcus Foligno has already established a career high in goals. And Matt Zuccarello has taken it back to the level that he had at the New York Rangers. Like this team, I think has a lot of confidence in themselves. And in addition to Kirill Kaprizov, they have a lot of guys that can just get it done at the end of the game, which I think makes them way more dangerous and way more deep. You don't necessarily have to rely on that one guy to get you the, uh, the win. Now, obviously depending on who the number one guy is, you'll probably end up getting that result. You want more often than not, but you look at the end of the game and you can count on Ryan Hartman to get you a game tying goal at the end of the game. Kevin Fiala, Felino, Jewel Erickson Eck, Matt Boldy, on and on and on. Like the team just has a ton of guys that are super confident that they can get the job done, which just makes them just such a dangerous offense. I'll tell you, uh, one of my favorite parts of the year for the Wild so far was Kaprizov taking off the wild jersey because i i'm looking forward to that uh when he removes a wild jersey for the remainder of his career and we no longer have to deal with him in the division as much as we do uh all jokes aside we're we're were wild fans like not happy when he did that at the all-star break were they they, i i just pictured wild fans doing like who who's the the meme of the um the the olympic gym gym oh yeah and she's like got like the she's like biting the inside of her cheek like she's not happy like that's what i'm like my envision of wild fans was like 
not funny, Kaprizov. Like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did a nice little eye roll when that happened, and yeah. I I think I tweeted out. I hope everybody enjoyed it because let this be the only time that Kirill Kaprizov puts on a different jersey in his entire career. Right. I mean, mm. you know, a fun moment, and I think everybody has breathed a nice little sigh of relief. Obviously, his con- his current contract, we love it. It's great. You know, down the line, there's going to be a discussion as to what an extension would look like if he is amenable to signing an extension. And that is entirely predicated on whether or not this team wins. If they don't, he's going to look elsewhere. And you mean to tell me that the New York Rangers wouldn't love to just give him $150 million to be the centerpiece for their team in the What was the term on it? <clears throat> uh, it was a five-year deal. It was $45 million, I believe, total. So he'll be, <clears throat> what, 30 when that's over? Yeah, right around yeah. there. Yeah, he's cashing in. He's got he's got some years left. So oh, absolutely. Obviously, the biggest thing for the Wilds to keep him around is to win. Right. And we've seen a taste of that this year. It's going to get harder to do next year and the year after that until these buyouts are gone. Yeah. But yeah. I think we hopefully have convinced him enough that the core and, you know, if, if anybody's been following along with what the athletic has been doing with ranking prospects systems throughout mm-hmm. the entire NHL, the wild just clocked in at number three, really a farm <clears throat> system that includes Jesper Wallstad, who is expected to be a stud goalie. <laughs> you got uh, Marco Rossi, who is expected to be with the team next year as one of their top two centers. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of guys even below that that have not scratched the surface yet. You've got some really good defensemen, Carson Lambos being one of them. And so the selling point from Bill Guerin, I think, has to be, yeah, we're winning now. Look at where we're going to get once these guys start to crack the (laughs) roster. Like They have enough players that they can fill out an entire lineup almost if everybody pans out. Now, everybody won't because that's just that's not how it works. Just math. But even if they get a percentage of those guys to hit, like you have solid scoring lines that are going to come up and replenish this team within the next couple of years. You've got your goalie of the future. You got a couple of defensemen that can come up and can play a pivotal role. Like the Wilds tried to break the door down this year, but they're going to drive a car through it within the next couple of years. And the window is going to be fully open for this team. Mm. So. Hopefully right. they get one, and hopefully Kaprizov can be happy enough to stick stay around, around for a while. All right. <laughs> uh, let's hear from Ben Online and some more stuff to get to, obviously. But first, we're going to hear Ben Online. It's got you covered this season with more prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before as football season makes its march towards the big game right around the corner. BetOnline.net remains your best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 seasons. It's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. Uh, did you go to the winter classic game? I watched from the warmth of my living room. I mean, 
were, were you foreshadowing that? Were, like, were you going to go? And you're like, you know what? The forecast is looking like uh, Hoth on in Star Wars, and I'm I'm not going anywhere near it. You know, I, I thought about it at one point, like how sweet would that have been to be part of it? But then, you know, to uh, to pounce off of your uh, your Star Wars reference, yeah. I didn't have a tauntaun ready that I could have uh, sacrificed to be no. able to stay warm out in those conditions. I Couldn't mean, stay lukewarm in that. How hey. many? I see it there. Um, how many pictures did we see on Twitter of people that were trying to buy beer and it froze before yeah. they got back to their seats? Yeah. Now, weren't they putting? I, I I think on the broadcast, didn't they say they weren't putting water into the goalie uh, yeah. bottles? They were putting like chicken broth. Chicken broth. Whatever Crazy. you gotta do, whatever you gotta do to uh, to get some fluids into into those goalies without it freezing up. I mean, yeah, it was just unbelievably cold. But you know, it short of uh, Minnesota hosting the Super Bowl is one of the coolest things I think to see, mm. showcasing everything that this state does with the sport of hockey. Like it just it just felt right to have the Winter Classic in Minnesota, and you know, Target Field I, is amazing as yeah, the backdrop. It's a good setting. Like it just it went off really well, other than that they didn't get the win, which it happens. Well, they, they had the better they had the better uniforms. So. They, they went empty they net for like they went empty net for like nine minutes and they didn't allow a goal. So that was my silver line. Impressive, impressive. Uh, all right. So and because Kyle and I were talking about how Carolina is getting an outdoor stadium series, and was that not, the Wild were initially supposed to play that right? I believe so. I think so too. So mm -hmm. then they haven't said who the opponent is yet. So, and I were wondering, we were wondering like, because they got the winter classic, will they still get this? That remains to be seen, but that's uh, we'll, 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 if that happens, you got another outdoor game. So yeah. cool. it, it um, wouldn't surprise me if they push it since the wild did get the winter classic. Cause right. with everything getting postponed, it all stacked up. Yeah. And yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they push them down the line a couple of years and, you know, I'd be fine with that if they go that route. Um, a lot going on in the NHL in terms of discipline. And one of your guys is kind of going to face the music, you think, or has he? I don't. I haven't heard anything that he I heard Marshan did. Marshan got six games. Anything I have not seen, for Felino. I haven't seen anything yet for Felino. I would imagine that his is less than Marshan. I've seen some people suggest maybe three games for, uh, for Felino, which... I I think that's probably is that fair a good route to go. I'm not going to get super upset about it. Like whether or not there was a hit levied before Felino did what he did. Like if you're if you're trying to clean that stuff up on the ice, you start with what Felino did and you work your way back. Mm -hmm. So I I think if he does get a suspension of like two or three games, you're not going to see me object to it. All right. Well. The, the, the wheel the wheel is going to get spun and it could be completely random you have no idea so <laughs> go ahead Kyle. on the subject of discipline talk to me about this jordan greenway that you just signed um <laughs> yeah last time we uh we met up with your uh, minnesota mild they uh had a, a little thing oh, going. did you just call did you just do that <laughs> i just called, did you catch that Seth? I, okay all right the I uh i was gonna do that i i just Jordan Greenway's always played on the edge. He's always been 
it's always I, of course it's what we see with the avalanche in the wild matchup it, he's always playing on that edge is this a consistent nature with him is it just something that gets bubbled up in that rivalry game between the avalanche and the wild what kind of player is jordan greenway exactly so greenway is more of a guy that is going to try to assert the physicality obviously not as not as much of a scorer as he is uh, a guy who paired with Jewel Eriksonek and Marcus Foligno is a line that is supposed to bother opponents. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to frustrate opponents. Because of what we've seen with the Kaprizov line and the Fiala line, you're not asking those guys to score as much as you are to just try to throw off whatever line they match up against. And honestly... I thought of the guys on that line that Jordan Greenway's contributions were the most easily replaced mm. of that grouping. And so I was I was a little surprised by the extension uh, that, that he was given. But in some of the comments that Bill Guerin made afterwards, it sounds like they've uh, they've seen some growth. And to be fair, he has played better. I will I'll I'll agree that he has played better recently. Evidently, they saw something that they can build off of going forward. But honestly, when Marcus Foligno was injured and Brandon Duhame, who has been a fourth-line guy for the Wild all season, when he filled in on that line, I think I made the comment in reacting to that game that night, just put Duhame on that line, and I don't think you're going to notice much of a difference. But, hmm. you know, happy to have him because, like, you, you need some guys that can – kind of Felino it. <laughs> so uh, so we'll take it. I mean, obviously his play has improved and hopefully he can continue to unlock that as the season goes on. That was a very never-ending story question, Kyle. I was very like I was very Atreyu to Gamork when he was like, who are you really who are who is Greenway really? What would you say you do here? <laughs> yeah. I mean sorry, maybe he is the nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've, I've put my slide in there. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, let's get to Rock Auto and then keep this conversation going for a little bit longer. But with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while and wait? while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything that you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. RockAuto.com. Head on over there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. So when it comes to the Avalanche and the Wild, uh two more games these guys are playing i think uh one towards the end of march if i'm not totally off here yeah uh march 27th in colorado and then the last game of the year 
literally the last these... game of the season. Yes. No so is is that and that one's in no that one's in Colorado. Okay, I thought it was being in Minnesota for some reason. Um do you think it's coming down to that? Do you think that game will hold weight for the division, for seeding, for playoff spots? Is I mean cuz that's always kind of fun when you look forward to that, especially within a division. Um I think both of these teams are are you know headed towards the playoffs, but do you think that will be more for a seeding thing or will the avalanche have more space between them and Minnesota? What what do you think is going to come down to the last game of the year? I think it will mean more for the wilds than it will for the avalanche. I mean, Colorado has been the best team in the West and one of the best teams in the NHL pretty much all season long. Thank you. A, uh, a slow start (laughs) to the season. Yeah. um, But obviously, you know, a, a, a run, of unparalleled success, even in the Colorado's franchise's history. I mean, yeah. I think it was like 18 straight games or something with the points. And um, well, it was 19 in a row at home. That's uh, the- was 17 in a row, 17 point streak, 11, 10 or 11 game winning streak. Like they're on a roll. Um, yeah. If it wasn't for those darn Arizona coyotes who blow up everything. Yeah. That's not how you really wanted to end it, but no, <laughs> no, you you're going to um, start again. But I, th- I think <laughs> I, I really do think that Colorado has shown like it's, and I'm not, it's not a fluke. It, it's, it's success that is warranted. It, it just an insanely talented offensive team. And, you know, Darcy Kemper has, has been just fine in net from what I've seen from my perspective. Hmm. Um, and so it's not like this team just like kind of put everything together and just got hot. Like they're just, they're that good. And yeah. so I think these games down the stretch are more for the wild to hop past Nashville to try to get into that two spot. A lot of, I think they have four games in hand on Nashville, and Nashville they do. one point ahead. Right. And I, I've said it a bunch, and they keep proving me wrong. But I just, I don't know about Nashville. Like, I see what they're doing this year, and it feels very much like what they did at the end of last year, where they kind of they caught lightning. And I just, I don't know how sustainable it is. Like, yeah. I feel like they're going to have kind of a comeback to earth and will settle in as like the third, third seed or probably one of the wild cards. So for the wild, it's all about them trying to get to that two seed. And so I think, I think those games down the stretch going to be more important for us, be a good opportunity for us to maybe get one against the avalanche. If you guys are resting people, but it's true. Um, go ahead, Kyle. If you're gonna say something. You mentioned Darcy Kemper looking fine. Um, and you're talking about trying to climb in the second half of the season. How confident are you in Cam Talbot? It's a great question. Um, I think I think the biggest worry that a lot of Minnesota fans have is riding one goalie too much. Mm-hmm. He did we rode Devin Dubnik into the ground when he was the uh, the ace goalie here uh, for those few seasons that the Wild had him at his peak. I think we've seen enough from Capo Kakinen 
where he warrants at least a split hmm. of the starts. And like you look at what Capo has done over his over the starts he's made. I mean, January he was six zero and one. Went into Colorado and was able to get a point out of that game. Um, one in Boston. He beats a New York Islanders team that has played better. More importantly, beat them on the road. He also beat the Washington Capitals, which a good a good team. I wouldn't say they're one of the you know elite teams in the Eastern Conference. The Florida's, the Tampa Bay's uh, of that caliber, but still a tough team to beat. And so he like he's shown that he can be more than just the guy that plays against Chicago or plays against Arizona or takes the second end of the back-to-back against the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Like he can beat good teams. And so as long as they don't rely too much on one guy, I think the goaltending is going to be okay. I don't th- I don't know that they necessarily need it to be locked down like they have in the past. Like or locked on. Zing. Good plug. Um, (laughs) With the shift that this team has made to being more of an offense oriented team, they haven't needed the like you don't need Cam Talbot to go out every night and give up just one goal. Like they've won five to four games this year or four to three. Hmm. You don't need it to be elite shutdown goaltending. You'd like it to be here and there. But the offense has been carrying the weights, and so if they continue to do that, I think the goaltending will be able to do their job too. Well, you mentioned you know running a goalie into the ground or running them too hard. We we know that too familiar in, in Colorado <laughs> land with with Grubauer so much so he decided to turn tail and go to an expansion team. He we ran him into the ground so much. How's that worked out? Uh, not not too good. I don't think he wants to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Trade deadline coming up, uh, you know, still a little bit away, but any idea what Minnesota is going to be doing for for trade deadline? What, what are they going to be targeting, you think? I, I think the Wild are centering in on a couple of uh, players in particular, pun intended. Um, I think it's going to be a center because Freddie Goudreau has been, he's been fine as that center for Kevin Fiala and Matt Boldy, but it feels very much like a guy who is along for the ride as that center. You'd like to see somebody who can kind of assist with, um, with driving the offense and with contributing to the offense. I have been banging the table a lot this season for one Claude Giroux. Mm, no, can't have him. A decorated <laughs> postseason performer and a player that is going to be receiving multiple bids yeah. for multiple teams. These two, uh, so Minnesota's in in on that. I would think so. All right, that's good um, to know. But like, just just look at the things. Just look at the things that he could bring to a team. I know, ton of playoff experience. <laughs> yep, he he's versatile for one. Like he hasn't necessarily been a true center. He's played wing, but he has also played center. He's winning faceoffs like a sixty percent clip, and he's a guy that can score too. Who wouldn't want that? Thank and he's not—he's not a guy. He's not a guy that is tied to your team past this season. So yes, right. you're paying for a rental, right? With maybe the opportunity to, depending on who gets him, maybe resign him. But, um, I just—I think he just is a really good fit for a team that you look at their roster in the wild. 
that is one of the really few points in the offense that I can say you could definitely upgrade there. And it's not going to cost you. It's not going to cost you Kevin Fiala. It's not going to cost you Matt Boldy. Probably not going to cost you Marco Rossi. And so if you, I I mean, uh, for your sake, I hope not. (laughs) No, don't do that. Yeah. If you can make it work past that, I think you got to do it. I mean, what would he be if he, if they did acquire him and I'm not asking you like what they would specifically give up, but if they did acquire him, where would he, what line would he be on day one with the wild? uh, He'd be at the minimum. He would be your second center. I think. Okay. See, and that that's where it gets interesting because is, is, is Minnesota going to make a hard run at him because for Colorado, he's their three C. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't obviously don't even at one. They got the second line on lockdown. He would be a, a depth third center, which is incredible for that team. Yeah. So because of that, is Minnesota going to be like, you know, would they have more of a need higher up for, you know, their top six for a need for him? Are they going to put a package together that's really aggressive and kind of outbid these other teams that are are in line for him? It, it just it seems to me like a move that Bill Guerin would have the tendency to make based off of everything that he's done since he took over as wild general manager, bringing in guys that have won and know how to win and bringing in guys that kind of fit with that. I'm going to do what I need to do. And somebody just has to save Giroux from what Philadelphia is this year. Like just get him out of there first and foremost. Yeah. 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 But, but don't send them, you know, send them, and it's going to happen to a contender, obviously, but yeah, do right by the man, I think. Yeah. He deserves it. Absolutely. And you know, the other the other interesting nugget here, former Minnesota Wild GM Chuck Fletcher at the helm of the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, oh. Insider trading <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Insider trade. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I'm calling up Batman. Not that he's gonna do anything. He's number two uh, that, on my speed dial. That, I'll call him but, right now. Yeah, but that—that's you know, don't minimize that. That's yeah. uh, that's important stuff to know. All right, so uh, another reason that we dislike the Minnesota Wild because they're going to beat us up for Giroud. Now, I, I really didn't even think they were involved in it, but uh, maybe we shouldn't have done this crossover because now that's all I'm going to be thinking about. Now, I like to think yeah. that I am the the sole person in Minnesota that has tried to steer us towards the path. The right path yeah. in getting Quadro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. JT Miller, Tomas Hurdle, those guys are available too. We've been linked to Chris Tierney, which I don't understand, but hmm. um, yeah, that it, having a former GM somewhere else. I mean, it's worked for the Islanders and Devils as almost just kind of like experience. So, hmm. might have an upper hand there. Well, um, yeah, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Uh, if they do meet up in the playoffs somehow, you, you said earlier, uh, the wild are, are figuring out how to win close games. And Kyle and I have talked about that over the last, all of January. Uh, the Avs had an incredible January. They yeah. were, they were 15, Oh, and one in January. Jeez. They weren't blowing teams out. They were, they were come from behind victories. They were overtime. Like they were learning how to win playing from behind. So if these two teams get together, both teams that, like you said, never feel like they're out of it. That's going to be uh, an exciting. I mean, it, it's Minnesota and Avalanche anyway, uh, but two teams that really have feel like they are never out of it. 
that's going to be uh, something to watch. So, like, we'll see if they don't match up for some reason in the playoffs. Can we just get the seven game series anyway? Just do it anyway. It's like after the season's over, it's like, hey, here's a, a an extra seven games between uh, Minnesota. And I, I'd be all for that. We'll go play it in mystery no Alaska. What. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty cool. I like that. It just it just feels like a, a series that we need to get, yeah. whether it actually happens or not. I would love it. So, all right, buddy. Thanks for uh, coming into Avalanche World for a little while. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe if they do meet up, we'll do this again. Obviously, would love to. Stuff. Thanks, All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this crossover edition of Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Wild. He is Mr. Seth Topol, host of the Locked on Wild podcast. Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan up there, and myself, Chris Maselli of Locked on Avalanche. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Check out Locked on NHL. Uh, make that your second listen of the day, where you will hear me again with uh, Adam Denker from Locked on Lightning. Uh, getting into some Brad Marchand stuff if you want to go check that out. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Always appreciate it. Thanks again, Seth. And we'll see everybody tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.